0: The weekly standard podcast i'm your host michael graham this podcast brought to you by the weekly standard cruise cruising the mediterranean october 9th through the 20th with all of your weekly standard favorites including stephen hayes bill crystal and fred barnes for more information visit twscruise.com that's the weekly standard twscruise.com Please welcome Bill Kristol of the Weekly Standard. Always good to talk to you, Bill. Every time we talk lately, it seems like I'm saying, can you believe the week we just had? But, wow, can you believe the week we just had?
1: A lot of news, and it's not most, most of it not good, including really disastrous developments, I think, in foreign policy in and, and Syria. Um, really amazing uh, elucidation of the IRS scandal and how deep it goes, I think, it its deeper significance here at home. And then, of course, the NSA story, which... I'm, I guess, I'm a little more ambivalent about its implications, honestly.
0: Oh well, we'll get to all those in just a second. First, so I know you're going to be participating in a breakfast, uh, June twentieth, uh, reforming veterans affairs uh, in uh, D.C. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the uh, the event you're moderating?
1: Yeah, some uh, veterans group has gotten uh, some very, some senator, or congressman, former uh, veterans affairs official, together to really talk about what appears to be a pretty. Poor management, I think it's fair to say, at Veterans Affairs, in terms of the amazing backlog at the Veterans Hospitals, uh, you know, we ask these uh, people to go off and fight for us, and uh, and then we obviously are obliged to help them as we promised to, and it doesn't sound like we're doing the job we should be doing, so we'll be discussing all that in a couple of weeks.
0: Uh, it's interesting with um, the week that we've had, and I want to start with the NSA Uh, part of it, because you think about veterans. I know that my grandfather, who fought in Italy and Germany, did not fight so that the government could keep a record of every single phone call I make, every credit card transaction, and uh, perhaps my Internet activity, depending on where I was at the time. But of all the defenses for it, Bill, I think this one from President Obama I want to play for you might be the weakest.
1: That's not to suggest that you you just say, trust me. Uh, We're doing the right thing. We know who the bad guys are. And the reason uh, that's not how it works is because we've got congressional oversight and judicial oversight. And if people can't trust not only the executive branch, but also don't trust Congress and don't trust uh, federal judges to make sure that we're abiding by the Constitution, due process, and rule of law, then we're going to have some
0: problems here. You know, Bill, for that, for the president at this moment in time to ask if we can't trust him and his right. administration, the people around him, I I, I got to be honest, Mr. President, no, I can't. <laughs> now that, well, now that you bring it up.
1: I hadn't even heard that that particular clip. I mean, that really is kind of amazing. There, there isn't broad look. I'm not sure that the program is wrong. I don't. It doesn't seem to be illegal, and I'm not sure it's been abused at all. But we need to have a serious public policy debate about it. Well, everyone thinks of the bush administration these issues were debated and the bush administration was forced to defend its attitude and its policies uh, on the war on terror obviously the classified programs is a little harder to debate but they've got is a pretty massive program which is known to very few members of congress and they only know about it uh, when they're pledged to keep with their knowledge secret. Right. And then it's a very small number of federal judges. So he's really being disingenuous. The President I know this will shock you, Michael, the president <laughs> could do this. But President Obama is being genuinely disingenuous to pretend, well this has been thoroughly aired before Congress and thoroughly aired before the judiciary. The deeper point, and this gets to my obsession with the IRS uh scandal and right. the editorial I wrote about it this morning is and that is so typical, right? There's there's the people in Washington, the, the president and his team and there are a few people in Congress and a handful of federal judges and they're all okay with it, so we're supposed to be okay with it. Right. Well, you know, it's a free country. The citizens have a say. Obviously, for classified programs, it gets a little complicated. You can't um, have 300 million people know about something that's supposed to be kept secret from the terrorists themselves. But we could have a lot more transparency and a lot more public debate on this. I sort of agree with one of the left wing critics of President Obama. At least give a speech, a serious <laughs> speech, and say, we're doing some things, we can't talk all about it, but they are involve extensive record right. keeping. Here's why we need and that data collection. Here's why we need to do it. Here are some of the ways in which we're safeguarding it. You could say all that without giving away any secrets. Instead he gives that ridiculous speech a couple of weeks ago that you and I have discussed where he, you know, talks about his moral moral agonizing about the drones and very difficult and blah blah blah. And of course, the actual substance of the programs he's supervising, he doesn't talk about it all, and he doesn't encourage any public debate.
0: In fact, I was was thinking of that speech when you said he should give a speech. He did give a speech. The war on terror is over. He's declared it over. We won. Everyone go home. Oh, and by the way, when you do get home, we'll be listening to your phone. We'll be (laughs) tracking your phone calls, tracking your credit cards, and tracking you on Google. Thank you, Mr. President.
1: that, that, That really is a striking point. I mean, whatever you think. you got of Bush. Bush said the war on terror is not over. It's very dangerous. It's dangerous here at home, and we have to do some things that we didn't do before 9/11. That was his very explicit, you know, message. And people could agree or disagree or, or modify it as they chose. As you're right. Well, you're right. Obama is really ridiculous. I mean, it's over. You know, it'll, it'll be terrible. History advises, and our morality dictates. Whatever he said that we just can't have these endless wars. And then it turns out he's supervising huge program that is precisely predicated on the notion that the war on terror isn't over and it seems to be going on in an open ended way. This this program really embodies that point of view, for better or worse. And it's one that he claimed he had, you know, we had, we had moved beyond.
0: And for, on the worst part, as you know, I broadcast for, uh, up in uh, New England. And when we find out that our credit cards are stored somewhere, our phone calls are stored somewhere. But a guy who traveled back and forth to Dagestan, who posted on the open YouTube his hatred of, uh, of America and his Islamist uh, views, a guy who the Soviet a Russian intelligence, excuse me, uh, pointed out to us, we couldn't track him. And now there are three people dead, 260 injured. It's hard to square that. It's one thing to argue. We've got to track all these people because we've got to keep an eye on the bad guys. A bad guy basically is waving a red flag going, hi, I'm a bad guy. And uh, sorry, no time for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, one wonders. This is a policy question. It's a little bit like TSA at the Air Force. One wonders if we're being so... You know, sort of uh, even handed. We're collecting unbelievable amounts of data, sort of the way TSA stops every, you know, know, forces every passenger to go through screening and all that and and be searched or or whatever the equivalent. Um, And then you don't really, though, use the manpower or the time or the money to focus on those most likely to do something. That would be an interesting, you know, actual policy question that would be a legitimate way to challenge this whole attitude. NSA, I mean, it's a very impressive agency. I had access to some of their work when I was Vice President Klaus chief of staff but they are very much you know believers in this kind of data collection right. meta analysis crunch the computers um, That's their job, but maybe we're depending too much on that and too little on what what you mentioned, you know.
0: The uh, other big story of the day, and uh, uh, one of your writers for The Weekly Standard, Tom Donnelly, has a great piece on this is what's happening in Syria. And the reason it's significant to me is because I think Syria is a front line between the Nazi (laughs) regime of our time, the Iranians, and the rest of the world. And all I care about is beating the Iranians. Is that the wrong view to take, Bill?
1: It's a pretty good beginning point uh, from which to calculate what we should be doing in the Middle East. And, yeah, look, you've got to step back and just make this, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, what happened here? Iran won. Iran won big time. They sent in Hezbollah, their proxy terror group. They've sent in some Iranian guards. They propped up this regime that was their proxy, and they beat back the rebels, whom, who seemed to have the, the, the edge. President Obama said, oh, Assad's got to go. He's got to go. No problem. There are red lines. So, you know, we're going to enforce those. We look weak. We are enforcing the red lines. We're not helping those fighting the guy we said had to go. Uh, Russia and Iran uh, are helping the, the guy who's butchered you know, tens of thousands of his own citizens. And unfortunately, their aid is, is real, and it's on the ground, and it's helping. And it's just the, the idea around the Middle East now that people are looking at us and it's just saying, God, we just look weak. We look we look uh, not serious, and that is extremely dangerous. I mean, that can be, it's not just dangerous in Syria itself or on the borders in Turkey and Jordan, the that's bad enough. The whole region and really the whole world is looking at what's happening in Syria and saying, this is a U.S. president who doesn't seem to be at all serious about uh, enforcing what he has said, backing up his, the people we're supposed to be backing, uh, preventing uh, the regimes that are most hostile to us from making advances, and that's a terribly dangerous situation.
0: But on the bright side, we've got uh, Susan Rice, uh, whose apparently number one claim to the job is that she has absolutely no idea what the hell's going on in the Middle East at any time. She'll be in charge of national security advising to the president.
1: I mean, it really is kind of unbelievable. The defenders of Susan Rice, not the critics, the defenders, the best defense of her for after Benghazi is, she didn't know what she was reading. She credulously read these talking points. They were obviously wrong, even when she read them. But that's what was given her by, mm-hmm. you know, the White House and the, the, they literally came from the intelligence community. And so that's what she said. I mean, that's really a recommendation for the National Security Advisor to the President of the United States. It it, it is shocking.
0: I'm not saying this to suck up to you, Bill, because you know I would never do that, but the average (laughs) reader of the Weekly Standard knew more about what was going on in Benghazi than uh, Susan Rice. Any hope from the Susan Powers standpoint uh, at the U.N., given that her – not Susan – Samantha. Samantha, thank you. Samantha Powers. Given that she apparently really did take lessons away from what happened in Africa, the Western, you know, Western countries allowed this massive genocide. Any chance that she might be a voice for you're watching uh, uh, perhaps 100,000 people killed in Syria. You're watching a force that believes in killing even more people expand. Maybe it's time to act.
1: Maybe a little bit. I mean, I think she is a little more inclined in that direction, but I'd say she's not going to, if I'd be very surprised that she could actually affect policy, Um, (coughs) excuse me. And secondly, she's also a big believer in the UN, and so, you know, her, I don't know that she's really interested in the U.S. actually making things happen as opposed to the U.S. talking more vehemently at the UN.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. I thought about that. I'm ready to act. I'm ready to go to the U.N. Okay, which one is yeah, right. it? Which one will, will it be? So where will we be one week from now, and will President Obama pay a political price for any of these things, Bill? Oh, I think he's beginning to pay a price.
1: These things always take a while, but you can see the erosion in the polls and in, inside the polls. Um, and I think more broadly, uh, especially the IRS scandal, big government and anti-state liberalism is really going to pay a price. But this This whole confrontation, the hearings this week, the testimony, compare the Tea Party uh, witnesses with the IRS officials when they testified the arrogance of government bureaucrats as opposed to citizens sincerely trying to help their country and then and then being patronized and mistreated by those bureaucrats. I, I think that really has legs. I just think it, it embodies sort of two ways of thinking about the country. I mean, really, uh, one, you know, citizens getting together to govern themselves, and the other... Uh, the government officials may be allowing the people out there to do a few things, but also perfectly happy to stop them from doing things if it's inconvenient. So, I think the IRS scandal has real legs. Immigration comes to the floor of the Senate, and I do believe that the opposition is 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 winning that argument, honestly against the bill. I don't think it's they're being outspent, they're being outlobbied by big business and by liberals who have banded together to be for this 1,000-page bill. But I think the more people look at it, the more they think this is sort of Obamacare applied to immigration. And let's fix some things that should be fixed. Let's improve some parts that should be improved. But let's not have another one of these disastrous attempts at comprehensive reform.
0: Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast brought to you by the Weekly Standard Cruise. October 9th through 20th, cruise the Mediterranean with your weekly standard favorites. For all the details, visit TWScruise.com. That's TWScruise.com.